Good evening, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. And guys, I know I haven't been able to post as much lately, but it's Thanksgiving break here in Lewiston, Idaho, and probably across most college campuses around the country. And I am trying to enjoy it as best I can and just relax. So I really haven't really just sat down to make some content. But uh, before bed and before Thanksgiving tomorrow, I figured I'd go ahead and do that. By the way, Happy Thanksgiving to all of those, uh, all of you who listen. I uh, hope you guys have an excellent time, just eating lots of turkey, lots of food, and spending time with your families. Uh, and really, I hope hope you guys have a good one. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, uh, some sports stories and some sports news uh, pouring in, and uh, some games that I thought were of interest. Starting off with the NBA. Uh, first off, let's start with my Spurs. We lost at the hands of the Pelicans tonight, 107-90. to LaMarcus Aldridge and Rudy Gay had solid games. Pau Gasol also really uh, showed up tonight. 17 points, 9 boards for him. Aldridge, 16 points. And Rudy Gay uh, with a game-high 19 points for the Spurs. It was not enough, however, as Anthony Davis went off for a 29-11 and and DeMarcus Cousins <clears throat> for 24-15. and and it just goes to show how dominating they can be. Obviously, the Spurs are without Kawhi Leonard, and and that hurts. But at the same time, um, it just goes to show how good two good big men can really work together and can really control the tempo of the game. Uh, so again, Spurs fall to 11 and 7, while the Pelicans will improve to 10 and 8, and their solid start continues. Elsewhere, the Boston Celtics finally lost again. Their 16-game win streak is snapped as the Miami Heat pull off the 104-98 win over the Celtics. Uh, Kyrie Irving had 23 points in the effort. Jason Tatum with 18. Marcus Morris with set, uh, 14. And Jalen Brown also with 14. For the Heat, uh, Dion Waiters with 26. Goran Dragic with 27. And Hassan Whiteside with a very pedestrian 8 points, 10 boards. So obviously the Celtics keyed in on him defensively, but they just were not able to get it done as Waiters and Dragic really made him pay. So you know what? I didn't, I, you knew they were going to lose at some point, but it's really remarkable how well they've been playing without Gordon Hayward. And it just makes you wonder how good would they be with Gordon Hayward? So uh, the Celtics uh, have adjusted and made the the changes on defense and have really showed their prowess as a defensive team. So we'll just have to see how they play the rest of the way. Uh, the Thunder got a dominating win over Golden State tonight. And I got to watch some of this, and it was a lot of fun to watch the Thunder Big 3 work together. Uh, and that arena... Let me just tell you, I could just feel the intensity through the TV. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I didn't. I got into maybe the third quarter a little bit, but that's all I saw, and that's all I needed to see. Uh, for the Thunder, the big three had a great night. Uh, they combined for let's see, not good with good with math. So 50, 56. So yeah, seventy-six points all together for the big three. They were sharing the ball. They were moving the ball. All those people who continue to say, oh, there's only one ball. How are the Thunder going to work together? I knew they would get up for this game, and they did not disappoint. 
Uh, very good effort from Russell Westbrook, who really wanted his first win against Kevin Durant since he left. He had 34 points, 10 boards, 9 assists. Carmelo Anthony, 22 points, 5 boards. And Paul George, 20 points and 11 rebounds. So, great effort from the Thunder tonight as they try to climb back to 500. For everyone panicking about them, they you shouldn't be. The Thunder are going to be fine, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with towards playoff time. So, uh, Warriors fall to 13-5. and five. Thunder improved to 8-9. and nine. And that's really the only two games I saw as more much interest in the NBA. So we move on to the landscape of college basketball. It's a fantastic time of year when you've got college football, you've got the NFL, you've got the NBA, and then you've got college basketball. And today we had a great slate of college basketball games, uh, starting with Tennessee and Purdue. They were playing down in the Bahamas, I believe. It was one of those tournaments uh, early season tournaments where some big schools really get to showcase their stuff against one another or against uh, smaller teams, as a matter of fact. Uh, Tennessee and Purdue went down to the wire, and I got to watch this while I was at work. One of the perks of working at a gym with TV spread around is you get to watch a lot of sports, and this was one of them. Purdue ranked number 18 in the country. Uh, they lost a lot of talent from last year's team, but many have them as a tournament pick. And the Tennessee Volunteers, coached by Rick Barnes, uh, really hoping to make a name for themselves. And they got themselves a quality win that the tournament panel will take note of, I'm sure. 78-75, they defeat Purdue in what felt like a tournament-type game. Every, every possession was intense. Defenses were locked in. Offenses were moving the ball. Uh, the crowd was really into it. And the coaches were really fired up. And every every play felt like it really, really counted. Came down to the last possession. And that's obviously how the game ended with a one-possession mark of victory. Uh, for Tennessee, Grant Williams led the way with 22 points, 8 boards. And they also got a solid performance out of Lamonte Turner, 17 points and five boards for Purdue. Uh, Carson Edwards, 21 points, five rebounds. And then a solid performance out of Dakota Mathias, 15 points and eight boards. I like that name, Dakota Mathias. Anyways, I just noticed this game went to overtime. I didn't even see that. Uh, work must have picked up or something. But Tennessee defeated Purdue in overtime 15-12. to uh, Outscored them there. So that is the mark of victory. But that's not the only game that was on today. I got to see number 5 Villanova in action. And Western Kentucky, let me tell you, they played them tough. Came down to an, uh, within 10. And number 5 Villanova hangs on to win 66-58. to But Western Kentucky looked everything of a tournament team this year. Um, I see them sneaking in at 12 and up, one of those seeds. But they really forced Villanova to give it their all today. Um, at one point, Western Kentucky was up by maybe six or between six and eight. And my boss and I were just kind of looking at each other thinking, oh my gosh, could we be seeing an upset? Not the case. Villanova came out in the second half and really kind of took control they never really pulled away like I thought they would, but you could tell that they had the game in hand. They were playing their style of basketball. Western Kentucky just couldn't 
you know, handle it. So again, final score, Villanova wins 66 to 58. Some other games in action. Number six, Wichita State leads Notre Dame at the half, 37 to 23. Sorry, Brad, if you're listening to this. He's my boss, by the way, big Notre Dame fan. More of a Gonzaga fan, really, but Notre Dame getting it handed to him by Wichita State currently. And 10th ranked USC leads Lehigh 67 to 50 in the second half. Miami barely pulls off the win over LaSalle 57 to 46. Pretty mediocre performance on their part. But the game that really caught my eye, NC State upsets number two Arizona. Number two Arizona has a roster filled with talent, namely Alonzo Trier and DeAndre Ayton. Both of those guys are NBA bound, no doubt about it, early picks. Alonzo Trier, 27 points, and Ayton, 27 points apiece. Ayton also had a double-double, by the way, 27 points, 14 boards. Uh, but from the looks of it, they just could not keep NC State off the boards. Alaric Freeman for the for the uh, Wolfpack, 24 points, 5 assists, 3 boards. And Braxton Beverly, 20 points. Uh, NC State pulls off the shocker and gives the number 2 Wildcats their first loss. Arizona a very uh, popular Final Four pick. So... Obviously, they'll bounce back, and they'll probably roll through the Pac-12 no problem. Hopefully, I get to see them live and in concert up here in Pullman as they take on my Cougs. By the way, my Cougs are undefeated, very quietly at 3-0. We haven't played anybody, but I'll take it. Um, and you know what? We'll see. Basketball is a crazy thing. You never know. And guys, last but not least, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. And you know what that means? An American pastime football on Thanksgiving. And tomorrow we have three games. I don't know if that's a regular occurrence, but tomorrow we have it. Starting with, I think, the best game of the day, the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Minnesota having a fantastic season, sitting at 8-2, uh, whereas the Detroit Lions hope to keep pace, hope to stay close with a record of 6-4, and four. so uh, they sit two games back uh, behind the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings at 5-5, five and five, Bears sit at 3-7 and seven in the NFC North. So for Minnesota, uh, the, sh- the, the surprising thing for me has been the quarterback play of Case Keenum. Uh, he's been a cur- nothing but a career backup his entire career in the NFL. He's had some moments where he's shown some spurts of, you know, great quarterback play but it hasn't been consistent Uh, and he's had multiple stints with the Texans the Rams and now I think this is his third team in Minnesota he's got this team playing fantastic football obviously you know with Minnesota you're going to have a great defensive effort you've got guys like Xavier Rhodes at corner uh, Newton on the other side he's a 37 year old corner uh, I forget his first name, but his last name's Newton. I know that. You got Harrison Smith at safety next to, next to, gosh, what's the other guy's name? I can't remember him. And then that front seven is one of the best in the NFL. Uh, you've got uh, Griffin on one side of the defensive end, and then you've got a very young, uh, you got good defensive tackles in the middle, and then on the other side is a very talented. Uh, you know what? I, I This is bugging me. I have to look up the Vikings roster because I should know their names. I've coached them before in Madden, so you would think I would know what their 
what we're looking at here. Anthony Barr, there's one of the linebackers out of UCLA, very athletic. Let's see here. Let's go to the depth chart because this is really bugging me. You know when you know something and you just can't think of it? Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. Dan Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter. This is his second year. Extremely talented rookie. Then you've got uh, a defensive tackle Tom Johnson. And then uh, other defensive tackle Linval Joseph. Savvy veteran. And then the right defensive end you have Everson Griffin. So fantastic front four right there. But then on the backside you've got uh, Eric Kendricks. I believe is his name. Yep. And then uh, Anthony Barr on the other side, the weak side linebacker. You got Ben Gudin. I didn't have him. <laughs> Anyways, who's that corner I was thinking of? The third Terrence Newman. That's him. Now he is 39 years old. 39 year old corner who's getting a lot of playing time in the NFL. So the Vikings <clears throat> on the road in Detroit. Going up against a gunslinger in Matthew Stafford and an excellent receiving core for that matter. It's going to be an interesting matchup, but I think Minnesota has the edge simply because if Case Keenum comes out, plays um, turnover-free football, penalty-free football on the offensive side, they run the ball with Latavius Murray and you know put in some pass plays for uh, their backup, who's an excellent route runner. Then I think they'll be fine. You know, the defense is going to hold Minnesota, uh, the Lions in check for the most part, in my opinion. And I've got to give the Vikings the edge. Uh, the next game, Chargers and Cowboys. This game is interesting, too. Uh, Chargers have won a couple here and there. And they're starting to put together a decent season. Maybe sneaking up on the rest of the division. Because the Chiefs are 6-4 and four now. Chargers at 4-6. and six. Raiders are also 4-6, and six, so the Chargers can leapfrog them here with a win. The Cowboys are stumbling without Ezekiel Elliott, and their offensive line is totally torn up. They're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Chargers could very well pull this off, and Cowboys' season could be over, essentially. Both teams need this win. And uh, the, the Chargers' offense has been moving the ball very well lately, and the Cowboys' offense hasn't been able to do that. So... I don't know if Dak Prescott can handle being pressured like this this early on in his career. Uh, he, he's shown poise, but I don't know if he can handle it uh, week in and week out. And finally, the last game of Thanksgiving Day is probably the worst. Talk about ending with a thud. Tickets for this game are going for $7 a piece. That's right, I'm talking about the New York Giants taking on the Washington Redskins in our nation's capital. Giants come in at 2-8, and eight, Washington in at 4-6. and six. Washington has been a confusing team to say the least as they've had games where they've looked like playoff team. You know, Kirk Cousins has had spurts here and there of fantastic quarterback play. And I can't really think of a, a game where I just thought, oh my goodness, Kirk Cousins is terrible. Definitely doesn't deserve a big contract. He blew the game for them. I've never really seen that. Maybe he's made you know poor decisions here and there on as far on the offensive end that's resulted or helped result in bad positions for their defense. But in the end, he's really been the only one to keep them 
in games, especially when you look at the talent around him. He does not have that many weapons uh, on the receiving end. They brought in Terrell Pryor in the offseason, and many thought Terrell Pryor would blossom in under a quarterback of his talent. And Terrell Pryor is really an afterthought. He's just, I don't know what happened to him. I drafted him pretty highly, thinking he would be a number one receiving talent. And he bit me in the butt, quite honestly. So that was a very unfortunate draft on my part. But more importantly for Washington, very unfortunate signing. Nobody, but then again, nobody saw this coming. He had a lot of talent last year in uh, Cleveland, and he really put up good numbers. Uh, the defensive side has not been able to stop anyone. So really, it's just a bad combination of Kirk Cousins having to force the offense to move it to put up to points and then hope the defense can make stops. As a result, we see a lot of shootouts for the Redskins, namely last week when they blew it a 31-17 to lead or maybe it was 16, to the New Orleans Saints. Don't get me wrong, the Saints are good, but you can't let that happen. On the flip side, the Giants have had an absolutely atrocious season, sitting at 2-8. and eight. Uh, Just been riddled with injuries. Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham, both done for the season early on. Eli Manning doesn't have anyone to throw to. It sucks for Eli. I hate seeing him having to go through a season like this, but... There, there's no talent on offense. There's just none. No running backs, terrible offensive line, and no receivers equals a bad season. And then on the defensive side, they have a lot of talent on that side, especially with the front four uh, and the backside. Janoris Jenkins, a very talented corner who's now having attitude problems. Eli Apple, excellent corner. And then a fantastic safety in... Um, uh, another guy, I can't think of his name. And if I don't look it up right now, it's going to bug me. Uh, let's see. Let's take a look at their roster. Landon Collins, that's him. Very talented corner. But they've just given up. You know, Ben McAdoo's gone at the end of the season. He's got to be. And I understand the Giants' policy of not firing someone midseason. Some people, you know, or a lot of people are calling for McAdoo's job. Me, personally, I am as well. But they're just going to evaluate it at the end of the season. I will be shocked if he's still in New York after. In any case, I've got the Redskins coming out on top in a blowout effort over the Giants because, again, the Redskins have shown talent. Uh, they've shown their talented club, and they need the win. Giant season's over. Uh, that's all I've got today, guys. I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Follow me on You Pick It. I'll be updating in as I go in between meals tomorrow. <laughs> I've already been updating today as far as the sports action is concerned. Uh, and then tune in on Anchor for the rest of the week. I'll be making updates here and there, and be sure to talk to you guys. Really appreciate you guys uh, favoriting the the show and giving me um, giving me you know coverage and listening. I really appreciate it. Again, happy Thanksgiving, guys. God bless. This has been Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor.